Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Marley mates, what do you say to a sizzle chest? All right there, flapjack. Yeah, little jerky boys coming at you. Uh, it's been a while. I thought about those the other day. I used to grow up on the jerky boys. What does that have to do with this week's episode? Nothing. Just wanted to, you know, bring back some of those gems. All right there. Yeah, whatever. This week I've got a little bit something different for you. Um, something new that I've tried that I was excited about and wanted to give it a shot, try it on. You know what I'm saying? I've done something that is not uncommon in the world of comics and nerd culture. But it was something that uh, I had never done before. And to kind of ease into this story, I need to, I need to go back in time a little bit. Back... Over the summer, over the weekend of 7 and 8 July, I volunteered at Empire Comic Fest. And that was just a local comic show here in Rochester. It was actually the fifth year of the of this show. And I've mentioned on the program before that I've volunteered for several Comic-Cons, mostly in Rhode Island and in the New England area. But I've done lots and lots of shows. It's cool to be able to volunteer because you kind of get a little extra love when it comes to that, there's usually uh, some added perks, and plus it's just access to the show. You get to be in and all around it. You know, those those are my people, right? And uh, being able to see people get excited about the different things that they're collecting and that they're passionate about, whether it's comics or toys, collectibles, just meeting celebrities or their favorite artists, it's really fun. Everybody's got their own reason for going. And I like to go because a lot of times you can really stock up on cheap books because after a while, like there's certain titles that perhaps don't move as, as much as, as some, or maybe, you know, vendors have a, a tremendous inventory of back issues and what have you. And so you can often, and I typically will, I'll find the, the dollar bins, the 50 cent bins, even sometimes like towards the end of a show, they want to just move their merch because whatever they don't sell, they got to just hump back with them. So They'll mark books down to like 25 cents a piece sometimes, and I'll just load up because I have always got just stacks and stacks of comics, stacks on stacks, uh, as as the, I'm not sure who says that, rappers maybe, um, and I don't know what the stacks are, of, but my stacks are of comic books, 
And that way, if the mood hits, I can just grab one of those jokers and just, boom, it's already there, just waiting for me. You know what I'm saying? So we were there at the comic show, and it was great. Small little show, a handful of artists and folks doing their thing. And something that I realized and never really considered before was that because it's, it doesn't necessarily appeal to me as a collector, I just like the the stories, but I told you before in previous episodes, I got into comics for the artwork. And so that's a, that's a whole different aspect of just the, the process in and of itself. And like, obviously now I can still be influenced by the artwork and such, but I... I'm a collector and I like to read and, and it's it's an escape. It's a package deal. Well, at this particular show, that's where the light bulb went off because comic producers, uh, various, um, just about every single comic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess distributor is probably the best way to put it. They will often, with several titles, produce blank covers. And I never really understood the appeal to that. And so you'll have typically the title of whatever the the particular series is, and you'll have like the the copy of the of the text for the particular issue, but it'll be blank. And it never really connected until I was at this show and I was seeing that fans would take these particular blank issues, blank covered issues to various artists that were there and they would commission custom pieces because oftentimes when you, when you look at a comic, it's not usually ever one person doing the comic. Like when I talk about what goes into it, you've got a writer of the story. You've got the the foundational artist for the pages inside. You have then inkers and letterers. And and then the the cover art is typically someone completely different from that. And, And oftentimes now, several times, titles will have a variety of different cover variants. And so that could be everything from a colored version to a black and white version to a completely different image altogether. It just, it, it all depends. And in fact, there's, um, if you were to go back and watch Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, which is a story that kind of centers around uh, some comic writers and artists and stuff, there's a pretty good scene of, of dialogue of talking about the difference between the inker and the letterer and the, and the artist and the writer and so forth. But it kind of, everything just came together for me in the moment when I was watching somebody get excited about the fact that they can take this issue that's blank and have someone who may not have anything to do with the comic whatsoever, but they like their art style or perhaps they want them to to draw a custom piece of a particular character or what have you. And I'm like, duh, absolutely, 100%. That makes perfect sense. And this is now a media that I can take part in because not so much like being at a show and having people come up to commission me, but something that I can just do for my own use, for my own interests. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 let's do this. Let's let's try it on. So at the show, uh, I walked around and I picked up a handful of blanks. And then I went on eBay and I, I picked up a handful more so that I, whenever I do it, I, like if I get a new idea, I just got to go like big guns, 
right off the bat. So I probably picked up like eight or 10 different blanks, uh, blank issues of various titles. And I'm going to talk about two of them today. I've only done two so far, but I like to kind of think about it, space it out, try it on. So these are very much first attempts, right? First, uh, first effort. And they're okay. They're decent. Um, I like one better than the other, but I will tell you that the titles that I used, uh, but didn't even read the books. Uh, I have no idea what the content is within. I kind of just, I just went with it just because it was a blank title. It's already in that shape, right? So you, you pick it up. If I'm not saying that this is going to look like, I mean, it, it clearly looks like a drawing. It doesn't look like a, a very well-polished, uh, very intricate comic book cover. Although maybe in time over a little bit of evolution, I can get to that point. But right now these were just kind of first, first passes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was fun to do the show itself. Uh, I'm going to plug it a little bit because I expect it to be coming around again in future years, but it was the empire comic fest here in Rochester, New York. And it's just, like I said, it's a small show, very grassroots and it, it, it was free to the public, which is not typical. And the whole point was just to have a show about comics. And the thing about comic cons is that, you know, comic con is short for comic book convention, which if you look at it now, just about any con you go to, the last thing you, that you, you expect to see there, the, the last thing that is really featured there are comic books. It's, it's everything from celebrities and anything from, yes, comic book heroes, but also just collectibles, anime, video games, horror, even tattoos sometimes. Like, it's just like... All of the above. If there's a nerd following, boom, you'll find it there. But this show was designed to, to not be that. It was it was meant to be all about having a place where the vendors came and the majority of their stock was comics. So people could come in, comb through the, the comics, take a couple passes, look again, and and it was free. And it was it was just it was cool. It was fun, it was chill. The all the volunteers were super, super kind, class act. Got to meet some great people. I met uh, a really talented artist named Matt Flint, and he is fairly local. He's based out of the Syracuse area. Super artist, even nicer guy. Definitely check out his work. He's got some really cool stuff. But um, yeah, it was a great show. Like I said, this was the fifth year it has happened. It's the only only the first time I'd had it. Being back in the area now, I had seen it advertised, and I'm like, let's let's go for it. And really, it was it was. It was money. So I look forward to volunteering for future years, knockout folks. And uh, I'm not going to knock them out. They, they are knockout stand-up folks. I don't know. It's it's Saturday morning. I'm, I've got like, I'm only on my fifth or sixth cup of coffee, just trying to figure it out. Let's uh, stop rambling and talk about these pieces. The very first one that I did was from a number one issue of a title called Commanders in Crisis by Image Comics. I have no idea what that line is even about. I haven't even combed through the pages. It didn't matter. I was just looking for a blank starting point and I thought that I would go with this. So what I did with this, with the play on the term, the word commanders, even though it's a VAR stretch, I, I felt like I would just use this as a way to showcase uh, someone we all know and love associated with the show, the Starred Spangler. So I put him on the cover and it's a very simple cover. 
that's not true. It's very busy, but it's very um, stoic. That doesn't make any sense to have busy and stoic in the same place. But he's basically just kind of, it's just a headshot. It's just him kind of looking very intently onto the horizon. There's no action. There's no pose. It's basically just his head and just a just the barely coverage of his shoulders. And so he's kind of looking out. A, it's uh, very much a busy, crude, very sketchy-looking type piece. I've got a lot of detail in terms of dimension and pattern and a lot of just um, significant types of of just texture. There's a lot of line work. There's a lot of just kind of, I don't want to say scribble, but a lot of just pattern and repetition. Lots of shading, lots of various colors. And so I was also trying to work in the use of some illustration markers that I had acquired. I've tried to use them in some other pieces, but I didn't think that the, the medium was just right in terms of like the actual the the base and so I think that these books are really what's right for them to, to kind of work those in the use of color is everywhere I it's it's a very vivid and popping type image like I said he's kind of just like staring off there's a very crude use of Shading when I say shading, it's not so much like a colored in but it, it's like a series of of lines and dashes and, and I've got a number of different colors everything from blacks and grays to the different reds and even whites. I've got some highlights in there in the mix and around him is a, a huge range of color everything from yellows and, and reds and pinks, and it kind of just shifts gears as, as the picture itself rotates. You could start in one corner and kind of work your way down. And of course, I've got a lot of line work that's just kind of those beaming traditional comic lines that just showcase uh, movement and direction. But at the same time, he's just there. He's just like staring off. And in the right hand, corner the bottom corner you see what looks kind of like a blue wave coming up and crashing around him and it kind of goes off the page and then kind of comes back around to the top and it's just like a splatter so it's just there's a lot of stuff going on none of it makes any sense it was just kind of a, a practice run i guess if you will i've got some greens in there i divided the the image up of a, a very distinct horizontal line right below the title and then about not quite a quarter of the way across that coming down I did just a straight line where you would have the traditional comic back in the day there used to be more prominent than lately where you would have like the actual number date and uh, distributor little block at the top and then right below that you'd have the comic code and all of that stuff is just kind of in the past it's not as as featured as it used to be so I tried to stick with that a little bit, and it's okay. Uh, I, I, I'm not in love with it. I, I feel like it's it's fair at best, and and that's the point. Like it's going to be, uh, I don't know, practice. Like the, not every piece is going to work out. Not every piece is going to be something to be super excited about. 
I thought it was a, a good way to, to try this on, to attempt a new medium. And I don't know. I don't hate it, but it's fine. I'll just leave it at that. It's fine. Not, not like the woman version of fine, where like they say it's fine, but it's really not. But just like, it's, it's fine. Um, I left the price tag on the plastic sleeve. I feel like it just kind of adds to the validity of just a, a comic you'd find in a, in a long box somewhere in a show. So will somebody come across this in the future and be like, what the hell is this? This custom piece? Probably not. But um, like, who's this guy? Starred Spangler. Never heard of him. Oh, I completely forgot to mention that part. I typically wasn't planning on adding any, any text to this, but I just kind of wrote it very... Um, just like handwritten on there. I mentioned there's like a splash coming across. It's a blue, shades of blue and gray type wave. And then I wrote Star Spangler in red and it doesn't really pop a ton. Like you can see it, but it's not super prominent. And so it's just kind of like a, that, like that very graphic, uh, fast kind of sloppy handwriting Star Spangler. Pew, pew. And uh, you have to say this, use the sound effects when you say it. It's like Star Spangler. So, yeah, that's that, that's that. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's fine. You you be the judge. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, no worries. You're not going to hurt my feelings. If you like it, cool. I'm glad you do. Thank you. If you don't, don't worry. I'm going to keep on practicing because it's a process. It's always a process. You have to just be comfortable to not be okay with something. I hope that you've been able to pick up on that so far. When I hear people say, I'm not an artist, I couldn't possibly do that. I, could, I can't draw a stick figure. Well, good, because I don't draw stick figures either. But I was at an art show a couple weeks ago, and so many people would come up to me and be like, oh, man, this is great. I love your stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, thank you. That's very kind. And then it was always the same thing. I, I can't possibly do that. I could never do that. Or... I don't have a creative bone in my body. I've heard the same cliches a thousand times. Bullshit. You can absolutely do so. Just do it. Does it have to be perfect? Define perfect. Does it have to be something that um, you're going to try to show the world and expect everybody to love it? Well, that'll never be the case for anyone. I assure you. But here's the deal. If it makes you happy, if you enjoyed the process, if you can learn from it, if you can grow from it, who cares? Who cares? Right? Art is not about trying to take an image of something or a, a vision of something and reproduce it identically. Sure, that's a tremendous skill. And if somebody can do that, people say, oh, they're a talented artist. And such is true, right? If you can if you can look at something and draw it exactly as it is and replicate that, that's, that's, that's an extreme talent. And that's something I don't have. Can you work on it? Sure. Can you practice? Absolutely. It's all about practice. Everything is working and growing. Every piece you do builds towards the next, regardless of if if it's the same style, if it's the exact same picture, if it's a if it's a completely different concept altogether. It all contributes to growth and development, and that is the point. And so, when I talk about pieces on here that I don't really care for, or I'm not crazy about, or if it's just like, yeah, whatevs, it didn't work out. Good. That's the point. <laughs> Do you see where I'm getting at here? So don't be afraid to try things on. Just do it and roll with it and grow from it. If you didn't like it, what can you do better next time? What can you do different next time? Try it on. 
I don't know. There's so many things that I've done before that I've tried to just, I see it and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I get excited about it and it, and it just doesn't come together. But oftentimes it'll lead to something else or it'll start in one way and it'll end up another and that's, that's all right. And sometimes it ends up even being better than I wanted it to be in my mind and it just, it works out that way. So figure it out. It's, it's no big whoop, right? Okay. Good news. <laughs> this one I was a little more pleased with, so hopefully this will be less of a, a, a lengthy tangent diatribe of stuff and things. I don't, I don't know if I remember if I actually said the date that I completed the last one, but it was on 10 July. Like I mentioned before, the the show is 7-8 July weekend, and uh, this was just a couple days later that I was able to, to put some pen to paper, as they say. But this one... The second one that I did, I completed on 17 August of 23, and it is from a number two issue of the title House of Slaughter from Boom Studios. The title itself caught my eye, and I thought that was kind of a badass title, but again, didn't even bother looking through it. Didn't matter. Um, maybe eventually someday I'll read the, the books that I illustrated the cover art for, but... Mm, I'm not in a hurry. Maybe eventually. But this one, I like I said, I kind of dig it. I, I actually, I quite like it. And I went in a slightly different direction. This one is just a made-up character. I don't know what the, the story is. Backstory didn't matter. But it's, it's of a robot. And I used a lot of techniques that I've used in sculpture, where it had what looks like layers of metal paneling and kind of those bright illuminated eyes, rivets, and it's a female-ish looking robot. And how do you assign gender to a, a robot? Well, it's all in the lips. It's all in the lips, right, Chubbs? But they're just some classy looking cute little pouty lips on a robot. That's ah, weird. Whatever. That's just, It is what it is. So there is... Uh, Again, it's very similar in terms of how I did the Starred Spangler piece where it's just kind of a headshot with a little bit of a little, it's a little further back. So there's more of a chest and neck, shoulders area. And I also incorporated some tentacles in there. So there's some robotic tentacles, just a couple to indicate, um, implying that those are in place of any arms or other appendages. And I think they're pretty cool looking little, not exactly like a, a Dr. Octopus style tentacle. They are more of a traditional organic tentacle, but without the little grippy suckies, suckies little suction cups there. Um, okay, so the color scheme is mostly for the, for the robot itself are different shades of blues and grays and some purples. Uh, similar in terms of the way... There's a lot of texture and and depth and some different pattern work, but it's a lot of it's a lot more layering. So I use those illustration markers. And what's cool is that they can kind of blend similarly to watercolors, where you can kind of see through certain areas and they it's clearly like you have that very defined and distinct line when you use a a marker and it kind of where you pick up 
the endpoint leaves like a little bit of a, of a divide. And so you'll see that a lot on there. And so I'm not really sure how crazy I am about that because it doesn't super blend as well as certain paints or other, you know, even just pencil shading techniques, but I went with it. And so the robot itself is very much kind of like looking off into the distance. There are some embellishments on the, the shoulders of some kind of like spiked, uh, just triangular patterns of, of just like a, I don't know, not like a Legion of Doom style shoulder pads with the spikes, but just kind of a, just a shoulder embellishment. The neck has got like somewhat of a ribbed or uh, kind of like that corrugated tubing type look to it. So there's some flexibility there. And the background is very much just shades of reds and pinks and oranges that kind of blends from a pink at the bottom and it just kind of shades up into more of an orange kind of skyline but it's very open there's no scenery in the background it's just basically these just different shades and the way that the illustration markers kind of blend together but don't blend it's more of a layered look and so i, I think it works i feel like it's got some some just different appearance, almost like how tie-dye blends in certain spots, like how it shifts from one color to another where it's just transitional. I, I, I feel like it's in there. I've got a lot of like Sharpie line work to kind of indicate a direction. And of course, lots of dots. And what I really love is between the head and one of the tentacles that's closest to the head, I've got what appears to be a significant layer of something exploding. Uh, when I say exploding, like it's not like in the terms of a traditional explosion, rather just a, a imagine like a swarm of something like bees, bugs, something where it's like very, it's very busy and blurry, but then it, it has other elements where things that are closer to you are more refined. And so I did that with a series of circles, just like little dots, like little I don't know. It's a, it's a swarm. It's of nothing in particular. Maybe it's like bubbles, like carbonation or something. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. But I did it in a very light purple in terms of really thick, heavy density. And then when I went over it in orange, it kind of blurred that out a little bit. And then, and then I went over it again in very fine and dark black Sharpie and it really pops. So it looks like the swarm is really just kind of, you know, very, very dimensional. And that's probably one of my favorite elements of the piece. But my absolute favorite element is a very thick, distinct and intentional black line. So from the center of the head over to the right side of the piece, I took about a quarter inch thick black line and I basically just trimmed out the edge, the very, like all of the edges along the entire piece. And it's not meant to, to be a fine line when it comes to distinctly highlighting the, the character, but I just love the, the thick black line work as an outline, but only on that side. And, um, 
I, I don't know what it is about it that it really appeals to me, but I just, I love that distinction. I love how it, it's very significantly contrasts between that thick black line and the, the orange, red, pink background. So take a look at it for yourself. Tell me what you think. Um, don't ever hesitate to to leave comments. Especially you can you can see all this work on the Facebook or the the Instagram page. I get plenty of thumbs up and likes and, and stuff. But you know if you if you want to ever comment on my pieces, please feel free to do so. Um, these are here for you. Yeah, they're for me, but they're for you too. If I'm sharing them with you, I'd love your feedback. Good, bad, or ugly. It's not going to hurt my feelings. If you're like, yeah, this sucks, dude. You should hang it up. Well, I probably won't respond to that, but, you know, feel free. It's open to you, right? Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll probably do more of these. Like I said, I've covered, covered, I've purchased uh, several covers that are blank and I have ideas for. So I'm looking forward to, to doing those eventually. The problem with my tiny brain is that I've got more ideas than I have time to execute. So... A lot of the stuff that I've got in motion, I'm looking around my place right now, there's probably seven or eight different projects that I've got going on in progress. Um, you know, it'd be great if I could just like focus on one at a time, but that's just not how my, my brain works. But I guess you get to hear all about it in future episodes. Hey, Marley mates. What's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you. Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page, or on Instagram at MR. M-M-H-O-D. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.